talk them anytime you want at your virtue restaurant. Welcome back, humans. Welcome to the Virtue Restaurant. Welcome to our episode on prudence. Our menu title for this episode is The Proper Portion. Now, you may think of prudence as simply someone who's very cautious, who's very wary, who takes a long time to make a decision, a perfectionist, all that kind of stuff. You may think of that. You may. And you wouldn't be entirely wrong. Uh, If you Google prudence, some of the synonyms it offers are wisdom, judgment, sagacity, it's a fancy word, shrewdness, advisability, common sense, sense, caution, care, so on and so forth. So prudence is similar to what you'll hear a lot in Catholic circles called discernment. You'll hear about the discernment of a vocation or the discernment of spirits or whatever. What do I got to do in this situation? I'm discerning. I'm discerning, is this something that's coming from God? Is it coming from the devil? Is it just coming from my own thoughts or from other people? All that kind of stuff. All that is wrapped up in prudence. So to begin with the dialogue, this is on page 44. It is the section titled The Way of Perfection. And God says to Catherine, Discernment is that light which dissolves all darkness, dissipates ignorance, and seasons every virtue and virtuous deed. It has a prudence that cannot be deceived, a strength that is invincible, a constancy right up to the end, reaching as it does from heaven to earth, that is from the knowledge of me to the knowledge of oneself, from love of me to love of one's neighbor. Discernment's truly humble prudence evades every devilish and creaturely snare, and with unarmed hand, that is, through suffering, it overcomes the devil and the flesh. By this gentle, glorious light, the soul sees and rightly despises her own weakness, and by so making a fool of herself, she gains mastery of the world, treading it underfoot with her love, scorning it as worthless. Wow. So we can see there God's telling Catherine that a word synonymous with prudence is discernment. They basically mean the same thing. It is a certain wisdom, it is a certain shrewdness, a certain caution taken in which which way should I go, which deci- which choice should I make. And God says that when you truly possess discernment, you are humble and you evade every devilish and creaturely snare. Also, discernment is a light and it dissolves darkness, dissipates ignorance, and seasons every virtue and virtuous deed. So if you've ever heard of or studied, you'll see this in... uh, Philosophy classes will talk about this as well as theology classes. They will talk about the four cardinal virtues, and prudence is one of the four cardinal virtues. And they will say that prudence is the uh, 
charioteer of all the other virtues. Prudence is the virtue that controls, that directs, that drives all the other virtues. It decides which way we go. And God is saying the same thing here. It seasons every virtue and virtuous deed. It makes each one better. And it seasons, as in food, if we're going back to our food theme here on this series, seasoning adds flavor or it brings out flavor. It will either add flavor to something that doesn't have flavor or it will bring out the flavor in something. So God is telling Catherine that discernment, aka prudence, will bring out true virtue. It will make it better. It will perfect it. And on the flip side, you see philosophy says the same thing. Prudence controls all the other virtues. It directs them. It makes each one of them better and makes each one of them actually work. And then God illustrates to Catherine that you will overcome the devil, the flesh, and the world. You hear this in many Catholic circles as well, that our enemies are threefold, the world, the flesh, and the devil. God says to Catherine, you can and will overcome all of these if you practice prudence and discernment. So to give another example as to how we do that, I'm going to jump ahead in the dialogue to page 133. And this is the section titled, let me find it. I believe it's in the bridge but I'm going to have to flip back here to make sure. Yes. This is in the section titled The Bridge. So we're going to give another example of how prudence works. But first, before we do that, I'm going to take a quick break for a little message from my sponsor, and we'll be right back. All right, back from our break. We are going to look at an example of prudence in action. God says to Catherine, After this, they are often deluded in yet another way by the devil, when he takes on the appearance of light. For the devil gives whatever he sees the mind disposed to desire and receive. So when he sees the mind gluttonous, with its desire set only on a spiritual visions, in consolations, whereas the soul should set her desire not on these, but only on virtue, counting herself unworthy of the other or of receiving my affection in such consolations. That's an aside. Then I say the devil presents himself to that mind under the appearance of light. He does this in different ways. Now as an angel, now under the guise of my truth, now as one or the other of my saints, And this he does to catch the soul with the hook of that very spiritual pleasure she has sought in visions and spiritual delight. And unless she rouses herself with true humility, scorning all pleasure, she will be caught on this hook in the devil's hands. But let her humbly disdain pleasure and cling to love, not for the gift, but for me, the giver. For the devil, for all his pride, cannot tolerate a humble spirit. So, we're going to pause right there and explain this a little bit. God is talking about how 
the devil will appear to those who seek visions and consolations, who seek some palpable, tangible experience of God, the devil will appear to those people as an angel of light, seeking to satisfy what their mind desires. And we pay close attention to the fact that God says, when he sees the mind gluttonous with its desire, set only on spiritual visions and consolations. Gluttony, we know, is already a vice, when a person just can't seem to get enough. More, 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 more. And all they want is these visions and these consolations and these feelings of God's presence. Instead of counting themselves unworthy of these things, recognizing that these things are a gift and they come from God, how and when God wishes to bestow them. So when a person just wants more and they don't wait and they don't care, they just give it to me, give it to me, give it to me, then the devil will give it to them. But not in a way that's good. Not in a way that's satisfying. Not in a way that they really should have it. So God says, Unless she rouses herself with true humility, scorning all pleasure, pleasure, she will be caught in the soak in the devil's hands. So in order for us to get away from this, we have to, first of all, recognize that we're not worthy of any of these gifts that God gives us. He gives them when he chooses. We're not worthy of them. And we scorn pleasure. That doesn't mean that we see pleasure as a bad thing. It just means that we don't allow ourselves to become obsessed with it or gluttonous for it. Just give me more, more, more. We don't allow ourselves to do that. Because all that does is give an opening for the devil. And in all of this, we have to practice humility again. We keep coming back to that. And then God closes this paragraph with saying, For the devil, for all his pride, cannot tolerate a humble spirit. He will flee from you if you are humble. If you recognize that everything that you receive from God is a gift and you don't deserve it, and you're not obsessed with constantly satisfying your desires and feeling some sort of pleasure, then the devil can't stand you. He can't tolerate you. He won't even come near. To continue on the next paragraph, God says, And should you ask me how one can know that the visitation is from the devil and not from me, I would answer you that this is the sign. If it is the devil who has come to visit the mind under the guise of light, the soul experiences gladness at his coming. But the longer he stays, the more gladness gives way to weariness and darkness and pricking as the mind becomes clouded over by his presence within. But when the soul is truly visited by me, eternal truth, she experiences holy fear at the first encounter. And with this fear comes gladness and security, along with a gentle prudence that does not doubt, even while it doubts, but through self-knowledge considers itself unworthy. So the soul says, I am not worthy to receive your visitation, but how can I be worthy? Then she turns to the greatness of my charity, knowing and seeing that I can grant it. For I look not to her unworthiness, but to my worth, and so make her worthy to receive me. For I do not scorn the longing with which she calls to me. Then she receives my visitation, humbly, saying, Behold your servant, let your will be done in me. 
So here's prudence in action. How do we know when the devil is visiting us and not God? Jesus says, or God says, you will know by whether or not you experience great pleasure at the onset. If it's the devil, you will experience great pleasure. It will be very pleasing to you. Gladness at his coming. But quickly it will dissipate like a mirage, like smoke. And you just become weary and dark and pricking of mind. Your conscience is pricked and bothered. You become agitated and restless because it's Satan that has come into you. So at first it'll feel great, but then afterward it'll just, ah, uh, you just feel blah. And you know it's the devil. But if it's God coming to you, at first you will fear, you will fear. You will feel a holy fear. An awe, a wonder of, oh, what's happening? And then, a security. Along with a gentle prudence that does not doubt even while it doubts. You will experience gladness and security after this first holy fear. And then he says, a gentle prudence that does not doubt even while it doubts. What does that mean? All I can figure is that even when there's a question mark of, I, I don't know what to do with this or, or what's happening, you still rely on that sense of security. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but it's working. I don't, I don't feel that weariness. I don't feel that nagging of my conscience. I don't feel just blah. I don't, I don't feel that. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what to do with this, but I don't feel sick and disgusted. So even when there is a doubt, you still trust. It does not doubt even when it doubts. God calls that a gentle prudence. And then the soul responds to this by saying, I am not worthy to receive your visitation, but how can I be worthy? And God says... I look not to her unworthiness, but to my worth, and so make her worthy to receive me. God knows that you're not worth it, or you're not worthy. I shouldn't say you're not worth it. God knows that you're not worthy to receive these things, but he does know you're worth it. He does know that he wants to give this to you because of his own goodness. And he says, she receives my visitation humbly, saying, behold your servant, let your will be done in me. And he also says here, Oh no, I just lost. I do not scorn, yes. He says here, I do not scorn the longing with which she calls to me. So that is what I mean when I say God knows you're worth it. He doesn't scorn, he doesn't, he's not disgusted by you longing for him to reveal himself or to feel his presence. He doesn't think that's a bad thing. He's not disgusted or offended by it. He just doesn't want you to be obsessed with it because when you are, that opens the door to the devil deceiving you. He wants you to humbly ask for it and he will give it to you because he does want to visit you. He does want you to experience his presence. 
but he wants you to do so in a way that's free of any kind of deception and interference from the devil. If you have ever studied Ignatian spirituality, you will recognize this theme as being called the discernment of spirits. Which spirit is visiting me? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it Satan trying to deceive me? When you humbly ask for God's guidance, you can experience nothing but his guidance. When you don't become obsessed with, oh, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, I gotta have more, I gotta have it now, it's gotta happen now, I gotta, 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 uh. When you don't do that, when you just step back and you say, all right, Lord, I trust you. I want to know what's going on. I want to experience you. I know that I'm not worthy. I know that it comes when you decide it's the right time. Then he'll give it to you. Then you will understand, you will have that discernment that dispels all darkness, makes everything clear to you. You will experience that cure, that security, that calm, that not doubting, even when you do doubt, even when there's a question in your mind, you just trust. You just experience that peace and relaxation, trusting that it is God who is here speaking to you. Okay? So that is our proper portion. And as always, I hope that you now, after listening to this, will look at prudence in a way that you haven't before. I thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day, and God bless. Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs>